Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 706. I love my daddy. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the joke everybody says when you tell them the title of the movie, by the way. They do? That's Every time you say I love my dad, people are like, oh, that's sweet. Oh. Like, <laughs> real original. Well, I'm kind of cliche, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, I guess before we get too far afield, let's uh, go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And we should say, uh, this week's a little bit different. We're trying to introduce video to the show, so I don't know if it'll work or not. Joe is at home. Of course, his isn't working. Of course. I, it would be like Joe, wouldn't it? It would be very much like Joe. Hey, now. Like, we've, been, we've been fighting this all morning long. We finally just had to give up. We've been working on it for, what, an hour? At least an hour. At least so. an hour. And so we're just like, you know what, we're just going to plow ahead and you'll get two of us or you'll get nothing and you'll just get the regular audio episode. We're not sure what's going to work and what isn't. Well, the good thing is Joe can see us so, and we can't see him. So it's really the best. That is, a, that is a win-win. <laughs> so we're recording this on Monday. We normally record on Sundays and you had to push it back a day because of stuff going on. But then it worked out well because I got my second dose of my shingles vaccine. Holy. I. I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the age bracket, but I don't have to worry about shingles yet. So yeah. I don't know. But is I've that heard an age thing? I think so. Yeah, you usually get it when you're a little bit older. Not. not I mean, I'm no, I am old. So like, it's not. I didn't know it was an age thing. Though it's like if you had chicken pox when you were a kid, it's dormant in your system, and then yeah. eventually, when you hit a certain age, I think between forty and fifty, that's when you get hit with it. Ah, but okay. yeah, young younger people don't get it. It's just it's it only gotcha. unlocks at a certain. So congratulations. Ah. You're old. Yeah, no, that's good. To, that's good. No, so like I I got my. First dose like 
two months ago because you got to wait six weeks. Right. And so, and then after six weeks, you have like a three month window. This is suddenly a turn into like we're getting paid by the <laughs> CDC to talk about this. So I, I, uh, I, I got that in a COVID vax, my COVID booster. Same time. Same time last time. And okay. it kicked my butt, but COVID shots kicked my butt. Right. So I thought, like, oh, it was just, it was that. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to get the shingles shot. It's just part two. It'll be fine. And holy crap, it kicked my ass. Yeah. Oh, man. The it revenge. was rough. Part two, the revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, and the, but the lady said that the only way I would have, have to get another shingles vaccine is if they had a new shingles vaccine. Okay. But she said this one is a new one, so it should be okay. Okay. Well. So, Good luck. And now that you say that, though, that it's for old people, I think what she was really saying was like, at your advanced age, <laughs> you won't be around for the next we, one. We don't think you'll be alive for the next oh shingles God. vaccine. You're done. There won't be another medical breakthrough in your lifetime. And if there is, we wouldn't waste it on someone that old. Oh right? my God! Like it's it's got to go to the <laughs> to the women and children first. Like the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that you're around for the second shingle or the third shingles, whatever number be, you're yeah, on. So, oh, shameless plugs! Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Follow us so you never miss an episode. There is no League of Show Shares this week. There are no League of Show Shares this week. I guess League is singular, Show yeah. Shares is plural, so it'd be. There is no league of show sharers. Okay. And that's the grammar there. Yeah. Librarian Cynthia will help us out. We didn't have an episode last week, but that means we didn't read the ones from two weeks ago. So you're saying you didn't do them for two weeks ago? Oh, son of a bitch. I just assumed we already did them. Cause I was, but so if we were in Germany, I'd make your bunk. Yeah. Ah, crap. Oops. So you've got two weeks next week. Well. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, this already happened. I don't need to worry about no, it. So I didn't put since we're off, we didn't read You know them. what? Shingles vaccine. I was just oh, all we're going to blame it on the shingles. I was all discombobulated because of the shingles vaccine. Shingle brain, right? And so, because that's when I was doing it last night when I was in a in a fever. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll blame it on the shingles vaccine, but we'll get the people their show shares yes, next week. My apologies. So, and then uh, also, don't forget we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content like. Joe prattling on about Monster Squad, some army of Evil Dead or yeah. something. But you Hot know what? But, I don't get those movies, man. I've really? tried them multiple times over the years, and I'm just like, this is kind of dumb. Yeah, I don't get it. Sounds like shingle brain to me. Yeah, no, it was way before they didn't have shingles yet. <laughs> the shingles were invented. So, yeah, it's you um, know what? But uh, for the League of still Show, battling Legionnaires disease. <laughs> for the League of Show shares, I think we can go ahead and do it. Disneyland, Matt. Timmy Tuzins. What are some other ones? <laughs> like, oh, like Disneyland all, all the lost to time yeah. show shares. <laughs> just, Sometimes I think back to all the names that used to be every week and how, yeah. you know, they just kind of disappeared. And we did note, obviously, like with Matt, we mentioned him for a while. Like, we noticed yeah. him at first, and then 100, 200 episodes go on. And then all of a sudden, randomly, I'm like, dang, they were. Yeah, just, I hope he's okay. Yeah, yeah. You think the mouse got him? You think he wasn't supposed to be sharing? Oh, I don't know. No spoiler stuff? Yeah. Were you a Disney movie and piss them off or something? That might be it. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so anyway, there's all that. Uh, I, I guess, right? I get everything? Yeah, I think yeah, okay. so. Patreon, so, that stuff. Okay. Yeah. And we should also say, if you're not the sort of who always listens all the way to the end, I think this week you're going to want to listen all the way to the end. We have, a, uh, a, I think, a pretty cool announcement for you. So stick it out to the end. Don't fast forward. Just wait it out. Well, no. Play by the rules. Yes. 
Let's dig in, shall we? Joe, hit us with the synopsis. As the movie opens, we see Chuck, played by Patton Oswalt, and a young Franklin finding a lost puppy. Chuck asks if he wants to keep him, causing his son to ask, what if he's lost? Chuck gives a shrug, and they walk home with their new dog, with Chuck pulling down a missing dog poster along the way. Did you ever have a parent that would do that kind of stuff? Well, no, not a parent. Oh. I, my, oh. My, I think my kids had a parent that would do that sort of stuff. I mean, like... The interesting thing was when this scene happens, obviously it's a bad thing to do. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I'm like, oh, they're just make him like a quirky parent. Right. You know, like, okay, that's kind of funny. Like, hey, you want a new puppy kid? All right. No one will be, you know, is someone looking for him? Huh? No one will notice. Yeah. It's only the beginning of things for this character where it's like, okay, he's pretty bad. Yeah. The, the uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting the way they play the dad. And I don't know if it was played by someone who wasn't Pat Oswalt, if you'd have any sympathy yeah. for this person. That's what I mean, because like, I'll just get this out of the way. I love this movie. Same. I thought this movie was really, really good. So yeah. I loved it. And so like these, the character's supposed to be doing bad stuff. Like you're not supposed to think he's great. Like obviously this whole thing is based on a true story. Did you right. know that? I did. The director and the star of this movie. This... It's, it sounds like, though, like the idea was used more as a jumping off point. Like, okay. Not that it didn't happen because right. that. But I don't think that like the climax of the film occurred and all that sort of I, stuff. I mean, yeah, I could see that they embellished a little bit yeah. for a, you know, for the script. Right. But James Morosini, do you know how to say Morosini? Morosini. I, okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. James Morosini, who plays Franklin, who's Patton Oswalt's character's son in the movie. Yeah. He wrote and directed this, and it's based on a real life story between him and his father. So this movie seems completely outlandish, and then you see that it's based on a true story. Yeah. And this his dad actually did this to get close to him. You're like. Well, I guess people really will go to these kind of lengths. Unbelievable. I suppose I um I know that later we get into the sexting end of end of things and he he says that people have asked him like did that happen and he says it didn't go as far as it did in the movie, but it still went further than you would want it to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean there was still some truth to that stuff, so it's like wow. I just yeah, it was wild because I kind of had forgotten that it said based on a true story. Yeah. I think I read an article about it when I was doing prep or whatnot, and I'm like, that's right. It said based on a true story. Holy crap. But anyway, so it's like, yeah, this character is pretty deplorable and has been abandoning his son and all these milestones and everything. So he's got a long way to earn his redemption back. The opening credits are set to voicemails that Chuck left for Franklin over the years, full of excuses and broken promises. A trip to the Bahamas, canceling plans because he is sick, not being able to make it to Franklin's graduation, and about arguments they've had, all leading to Franklin avoiding his father. So he basically cuts off Patton Oswalt. I mean, yeah. completely. Blocks him on social media, blocks him on his phone... You see during kind of like after the opening credits, he gets a call on his cell phone to check on him and he says block. No contact with him at all. Yeah. Franklin is attending a group meeting at rehab for people who have attempted suicide. He mentions that he has set healthy boundaries and blocked his dad online. He tells the group he lies and makes excuses. He's never really been there when I needed him. And I'm done with that. I don't need that in my life right now. We don't really know what happened to franklin other than i mean he's in rehab because he attempted suicide but they don't really go into what happened like if anything triggered him right and i don't think it was related to the dad i mean i guess his dad wasn't really around but we don't really know the events that led him there yeah i mean i don't you know with suicide attempts it's not typically like a one-to-one -one, this happened therefore this happened i but you you can't help but think that having a childhood 
had some sort of impact on where he's at. Yeah, so he's he's had some kind of a troubled childhood, and he's getting help, though. He's at rehab, and he seems to be getting better. Yeah. Chuck talks to a coworker, Jimmy, played by Lil Rel Howery, about the situation with his son. Jimmy tells him that when his ex blocked him, he created a new social media profile to follow her. This plants the seed for Chuck to create a fake profile for Becca, a waitress at the restaurant he frequents, played by Claudia Saluski. He gets the idea from Lil Rel to do this, and Lil Rel's like... Yeah, no, this is different. I was following an ex-girlfriend to see what she right, was up to. Right, he's like, I was just cyber-snooping on an ex-girlfriend. Like, I wasn't, like, reaching out and interacting. Like, the fact that this guy was so desperate to be in his son's life after basically not wanting to for this long right. period. But he's so desperate. He likes the idea of having a relationship with his son, but he had so many chances, and we don't even really get any explanation of why he acted this way, but he was just kind of absentee. It seems like he just didn't show up either because he didn't make the time or he got a divorce from the wife, and then he's like, it would be awkward to go to the son's graduation. I mean, that's the kind of thing. You put your differences aside when your kid's graduating. It doesn't matter if you're not getting along with the ex. For sure. Like I wasn't getting along with my son when he graduated, and I still went. Yeah. But- I just, I got the vibe that it's like, if it wasn't fun, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. And then so he realized, oh, now I have no relationship with my child and he's blocked me. Like, that's the ultimate. Not only I never see him and I always make up these excuses, but at least he answers the call and I can feed him my BS. Yeah. I think that may be part of it is now he has no one to even feed the BS. No one to hear his excuses. He literally can't call him and lie about why he can't be with him. And that finally got his attention. I mean, after the way he's acted, I mean, how do you not shut someone like that off? It's not healthy for him. And basically what he says in his support group, he's like, I I finally shut him out. He says something like, I took the step because clearly his therapist and the support group have been telling him that it is not healthy to let your dad do this to you. Right. Franklin accepts Becca's friend request and Chuck struggles to accept that he is actually going through with the plan. Franklin questions why she requested him and has no other friends. Chuck makes up a lie that she deleted her account and just started a new one. At work the next day, he tells Jimmy, who thinks it is a terrible idea. You know, it's one thing to say that you're going to do this and another to pull the trigger and actually do it. And I think having an actor like Patton Oswalt that's good, they can pull this off, really helps this movie because... He really goes through the motions of like when he's doing this and he's like all into it because, you know, even though Lil Rel says it's a horrible idea and from the outside looking in, yes, we know this is terrible. Right. But this is the only thing in his desperation he can think of to do. And he's doing it and he's excited. He's like, this is working. And then you see the change on his face. Oh, this is working. Right. It is the dog catching the car. Yeah, catching the proverbial car where he's like, now what? Yeah. And he has to actually go through with this. And so clearly he did not think it through beforehand. And now it's like, wait a minute, I have to pretend to be my son's girlfriend. I have to like, what's the end game here? Right. He did this to get some kind of a connection to his son, but the connection he's getting is so outlandish and impossible to maintain, which is, I mean, that's the crux of the story. It's ridiculous trying to actually have this relationship go on and the fact that it does so long is unbelievable but you know it's Patton Oswald and I just think that he does a phenomenal job in this yeah he's perfectly cast like I love Patton Oswald and obviously most people think of Patton Oswald as a comedian largely because he's a comedian but uh he's done a lot of really good work over the years that I think people lose sight of the fact that he's also a legit good actor and I mean big fan young adult and so he's He's perfect for this because he can take those those funny moments as 
cringy as they can be and make and, and make them funny but he can still circle back around and do the grounded stuff or make you you know feel some sort of sympathy for this guy who's doing something pretty sleazy yeah and like you said he's a good actor that's the difference you've got a lot of comedians and obviously some are able to pull it off but you have comedians that transition from stand-up to film and sometimes they're just doing their jokes but they're not really acting or they're not able to pull off and Patton Oswalt can pull off the emotional stuff as well as the comedy side for sure like yeah he's I don't think he's ever going to be the sort of actor that gets lost in a role to where you're like I didn't even realize that was Patton Oswalt but (laughs) and that's okay but like he definitely like makes you believe what this guy's doing and why he's doing it. And you still like him even though he's kind of a... Well, yeah. Like you said, I think if it weren't Patton Oswalt and we didn't already like him as a comedian and an actor, you would be pretty... Yeah. Turned off by the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Throughout the film, as Franklin gets to know Becca through text, we see him talking in real life with a visualization of her. Meanwhile, we cut back to Chuck as he crafts the lie, digging himself deeper and deeper. I like the way that they portrayed this. I thought it was clever, the way they decided to have the text messages realized yeah the on-screen graphics and the way and and then having her pop up as really being there conversing with him even though you know she's a figment of his imagination it helps you see it through his prism better right like it, I, I felt like it gave you more empathy for franklin because otherwise you'd be like oh you're dumb but this is part of how catfishing works right is that in the person's mind, they are talking to that person, and so that's how it tricks your head. Yeah, it it really is helpful, and also it's boring to just read texts. Yeah, like the whole movie if it were just him looking at a phone for sure. So they did a really good job with having the actors actually act out the text messages, and I like the way that it cuts back and forth between Patton Oswalt furiously typing and trying and like yeah. deleting stuff and trying to figure out what he's going to say and then it would cut back to the fake becca who is the waitress that he's pretending to be right you know you'll actually see her interacting with him and you see that franklin is becoming in like smitten with her yeah they're forming this relationship and you're seeing it happen in real time and to your point you see how it can happen because like you said he's picturing her he knows what she looks like from the photo that is on her profile and so he thinks he's talking to her like we know he's talking to his dad but he doesn't know and that's what makes this so hard we're like you want to say like how could you fall for that but yeah i mean if you if you don't know people do all the time you know uh there's also a thing called truth bias where you don't go through the world assuming you're being lied to. Right. Because if you did, you would never get anywhere, right? Like True. every, you know, the hand you would the change back. Well, what if this $1 bill is counterfeit? What if this plastic bag isn't really plastic and uh, all my stuff's going to fall out? What if this meat is really horse meat? Like you, you can't, uh, it, you, you, at some point you have to take the world on face value or you just can't interact with the world. So like, while it's easy to be dismissive of people who fall for stuff like this, like, if you catch somebody at the right time, it it any of us could it could theoretically happen. Yeah, too. and I think about this sometimes. Like it doesn't necessarily have to do with lying, but you know how you can overthink yourself. Like you're either hypercritical or you worry about like what if this happens, what if this you know whatever, and you're like second guessing things. You're getting in your head about what other people might be thinking or doing, and they're not. Like they're not. 
you know, you're just putting all these scenarios into play that aren't really going to happen. So you can't go through your life thinking that way. Right. You know, and everyone else has their own stuff going on. So they're not worried necessarily about every little minute move that you do. Right. They're just interacting with you and taking what you say at face value and what you do, looking at your actions. And so I think people overthinking in their head and that's, I mean, in this scenario to what we were speaking to is that obviously Franklin isn't thinking that way. He's just chatting with a girl and there's nothing else to it that as far as he knows he wouldn't suspect it and so yeah you got to give him a little more credit and i could see how people could easily be like how could he fall for that but there's a whole show on it right there was a movie and then there was a whole show on 10 seasons that thing's been on for 10 years is it good i never watched it the show yeah oh yeah i watch it every week is it yeah it's still on yeah it's still on yeah that's no it it, i mean it must do very well i'm sure also it's cheap for mtv to film they also did a lot of interesting things during the pandemic where they were basically doing it over Zoom. And so they would they still figured out a way to produce episodes during the pandemic, which I thought was fascinating. Not to turn this into a, a catfish commercial, but I don't know how that is it real or are they yeah. playing pranks on people or is this people that have been? No, cat- it's people who 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 are being catfished and they they want to flush out the catfish. And so, so they know they're being catfished. Well, they it's. They don't know necessarily that they're being catfished, and sometimes they're not. There have been episodes where they're really talking to the person that, the, that they're I talking see, to. They suspect it, but it's basically people who have nev- never met the person they're talking to, and they've a lot, and they haven't Facetimed with them for whatever reason, and so they they go to to Neve Shulman. It used to be Max, I forget his last name, and then Max left, and now it's uh, Cammy, who is uh, uh, a model, but she's really good and uh um and she and so they now go and do it so okay because wasn't the director of the movie involved with the show so neve shulman his brother he had two brothers and they were filmmakers and neve was we now realize being catfished okay and so they made a movie about what was going on with him as he was talking to this girl that he had never met and then they went and found her and figure and to see what was really going on, and then that was a big art house hit, and then MTV picked it up and turned it into a show, and now basically, he Neve Shulman, the star of that movie, it like he goes out every week and helps people who are being cool. catfished or figuring out if they're being catfished. Okay, it's a cool concept, and I remember the movie was good, but I don't know. I think the show, it, I I, I feel like it would be kind of awkward. Just I don't know, like in a cringy... I think a lot of it works because Neve Shulman is really likable, okay. and he just seems genuinely like a nice guy. Okay. And so did Max, and so, and so does Cammy. Like they've they've done really good about making sure the hosts are the same way. And so it's like, but they still have their their moments where they're just they they'll get mad and go off on somebody. But by and large, like he's really good about getting these people to be like, come on, like you've been stringing this person along for five years, like. It's time, oh. and and he's really adept at it. Do the people ever get in trouble? Like, legal, is it ever a legal thing? No, because they they don't tend to do. I've only and now I'm not saying I've seen every episode, but I've seen a lot of them, and I've only seen them do like one episode where it was like a Nigerian scammer. Like okay. they they tend like I'm assuming there are producers that have kind of already figured out what the deal is before they give it to Neve to explore on camera. So they kind of already the producers already kind of know what's going to happen, but they generally don't tend to revolve around financial shenanigans. Like sometimes they might have sent the person, you know, a couple hundred bucks, but it's not typically like this person's been decimated financially. It's really more like 
love interest type okay. stuff. Okay, yeah. got it. At work, Chuck is confronted about what he is doing by Erica, played by Rachel Dratch. She asks if he is cheating on her, but lies that she can't see his screen because he is planning a date night. I have not seen Rachel Dratch in forever. Yeah, it's been a bit. I, I like Rachel Dratch a I lot. I do too. I think she is the... The uh, in a lot of ways the highlight of this film, and I don't mean to take away from the other aspects, but she is so funny. She is in this movie, and I also like. I totally believe her and Pat Oswalt as a potential couple. Yeah, and and I and I also love just how like matter of fact she is. Like she's like, did you get those pictures I sent? <laughs> Which pictures of my <laughs> like? <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was her. Like, delivery of those lines yeah she's so good and yeah i remember how funny she is i just i haven't seen her so long and i kind of forgot about her i think 30 rock uh, like was a gut punch really because she was supposed to be she was supposed to be the best friend and then they they went a different direction and then if you remember that first season she pops up all the time and the idea was going to be that she was always going to pop up but playing a different character and then they stopped doing that and her i believe and tina fey were like really good friends and i think that was a strain and kind of a mind f for her i think that's just me reading into things from Three thousand miles away. Okay. All I know is what I read in the papers. So, like, I have no inside scoop. But that's that's my guess. Gotcha. But she's really good in this. I she agree. is. She's great. I was glad. I was really happy to see her, and their relationship together is hilarious. I, you, what I've always loved about Rachel Dratch is her complete lack of vanity. Yeah. Like, and and I mean that is is a, the highest of compliments because it's like for comedy to work, like you you. You have to not worry about how you look. We've talked about that before with people and the way that some actors will commit to the role and throw that to the side. Right. As Franklin and Becca get to know each other, it's clear that he is happy and starting to do better. Franklin tells his mom that he met someone online and she plants the idea that her son has never actually spoken to his new friend or seen her other than in pictures. This leads him to ask her to video chat. Meanwhile, Jimmy is over while Chuck is trying to come up with a lie and tells him to say his Kmart is broken. Later, Franklin asks Becca if they can talk on the phone, to which Chuck replies that she is just busy right now. Franklin says maybe they shouldn't talk anymore until she has time to talk. So this is where things are starting to kind of go off the rails for, I mean, as terrible as Chuck's plan is already, he hasn't really had to do the hard stuff. You know, meet in person, video chat, call. (laughs) He's used every excuse in his playbook that he is so good at doing, and and we know him to be that kind of a person. Um, But here, he, you know, the mom, the mom is basically like, yeah, you don't, how do you know who this person is? You've never even met him. And he's like, let's talk. Uh, no, I'm busy. Okay. Well, can you call, you know, there's, there's, he's starting to catch on like, well, maybe this isn't real. Maybe it's too good to be true. Which is a nice moment because it, he's not an idiot. Right. Right. Like he's not just like, oh, this pretty girl likes me. So I won't ask any other questions. Like he, he does start poking around and investigating it. And you can see how at first, I mean, it could be easy to fall into that, but right from the beginning, he did have his guard up a little Yeah, because when, the fake Becca starts messaging him uh, and does the friend request on Facebook. He accepts it. And then he goes, why am I your only friend? Yeah. Like he's actually questioning these things. So we know he's not dumb. Right. And he's already thought of this stuff. But again, that's the thing with this character. We know he's a habitual liar. He, he has every excuse and everything. So he comes up, he always has a reason. 
and, and something to come up with. And so he says like, oh, I deleted my account. And so I just added it. Okay, well, why did you why do that? start with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that would be my question. Why, exactly. why start with a total stranger? Yeah. yeah, and you popped up on my feed. Like he gives answers that, yeah, they may be a little bit naive from Franklin's perspective. But they're but answers. Yeah, they're answers. Then they're belie- like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Facebook requests or shows you people all the time, and yeah, a lot of times they are friends of friends, or maybe they went to your same school or whatnot. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, who? Who is this? I've got like thirty that I just haven't accepted because I'm like, I don't know who you are. Right. And I, you know. There's no rhyme or reason sometimes. So I yeah. could see where it's like, who knows what the connection is, but it is believable. You'd get someone you don't know. And most of the time you're like, is this a, a bot or something? Is this yeah. a fake person? But then it's like, but then sometimes they're not. Yeah. Chuck buys a new phone and convinces Erica to quote unquote, pull a prank on his son by pretending to be his girlfriend. She goes through with it and says she would love to meet in person. This leaves Chuck frantically trying to figure out how he is going to get out of this. He comes clean to Erica, who kicks him out of her house. Franklin and Becca make plans to meet in Maine, where his dad just happens to live. Chuck hopes somehow he can introduce his son to the real Becca and they will hit it off. His mom won't drive him there, so he is forced to ask his dad. The two of them embark on an awkward road trip, where Franklin barely says a word to Chuck, yet has no problem chatting with his alter ego. So here is where it's getting... He's getting in too deep, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's been bad for a while, but now you're actually saying, here, I'll drive you to go meet this person that doesn't exist. But, yeah. I mean, she does, which even throws in another wrench to the whole issue. Right. But, you know, the person you've been talking to doesn't exist. And so now I have to actually drive you to meet them. And so what is going through his head at this point? He's thinking he's somehow going to actually introduce him to the real Becca at the diner. Yeah, I mean, and- that's what he thinks, right? That he's like, oh, I'll go and introduce them. And he, this is a good looking kid. She's a good looking girl. They'll, they'll hit it off great. And I'm just like, it's the it's not that simple. And, he, and even if they do hit it off. She's still going to be like, no, we've never talked to each other. What are you talking about? And later on, he comes up with the plan of, oh. But even that only going to buy him a few minutes, right? Because the plan is like, oh, let's pretend like we're meeting for the first time. Okay, but at some point, you would drop that. So, yeah. No, it's a horrible plan. It is horrible. And from the outside looking in. But I guess, I don't know. I mean, obviously... This is a crazy situation to be in. Or, I mean, even anything remotely like this with lies that build upon each other. But I don't know what goes through the person's head that gets in so deep where they're like, well, what's the alternative? Yeah. At this point, he's in so deep. I think that's what people who are habitual liars do, right? Like, they just, they're only worried about the next step. Is it like in gambling? Front of them. Double down, double yeah, down. Yeah. Like, like, if I can like, just double down and win, I'll be back. I just need to push off being discovered for five more minutes. And then at the end of that five minutes, they've got to come up with five more minutes. Like, yeah. they're. The, for whatever reason, they can live like that, where people like you and I oh. would not, we would go crazy. And that's why I think when you talk about catfish, I'm like, I don't know if I could watch that because I get so anxious for the people and even characters in movies and catfish yeah. is real people. So I'm like, oh my God, I just can't imagine, you know, just people yeah. going through that kind of thing. I don't know. I have that kind of, I don't know if it's like an empathy type thing. I'm yeah. not saying you don't, but I just mean, I'd like with that stuff, I get like, oh. With the show Catfish, I, f- I find it different though, because it's like, they're finally getting answers. True. So, they're trying to fit, help them in the end. Right. That's right. Kind of like with a, like with punked and stuff, that stuff's funny. But then also sometimes I'm like, I feel so embarrassed for them because they go, you know, sometimes on that punk show, they would say things that were really funny, but sometimes like they have these very like naked reactions. Yeah. They'd be very that, embarrassed at the end sometimes. Right. And yeah. and then sometimes people like I remember Justin Timberlake would get mad. 
yeah that they got fooled like because it's not only it's different when like you're a friend and it's just you and a friend and you play a little joke and you go haha that was funny you got right me. when the whole world now is going to see you and you're worried about how you looked like do you look stupid i can't believe you fell for that kind of thing right what did you say anything embarrassing you know what i mean and so yeah. oh man <laughs> it can get really bad at their hotel room Franklin locks himself in the bathroom and tries to have phone sex with Becca. Meanwhile, Chuck is outside the door trying his best to console his son when he takes Becca's unwillingness as rejection. Not knowing what else to do, he starts sexting with Erica to get ideas of what to say. We cut back and forth between Chuck sexting the two of them and their visualizations of the separate encounters. It gets to be too much, and he forces Franklin to get out of the bathroom, causing a fight that brings up their past issues. This part, for me, is like in the awkwardness level and the cringe level. It's when, like when people talk about the office being can be cringe humor sometimes like this is next level. And I they had established earlier that uh, Pat Oswalt's character would play online chess and really and do really well. But all he was doing was feeding the his his opponent's moves into a match with a computer and then plugging back in what the computer said. So he was playing like he was as good as a computer so he would win on and so he ends up doing that in the sexting thing right like he that that's when he's talking to Rachel Dratch like he would basically the son would say something dirty and then he would say that to Rachel Dratch and then say to Rachel Dratch or say to the son what Rachel Dratch yeah. had just said and it's it I mean you hate to say it but it's it's pretty clever <laughs> and, and, and it's I mean, that's the thing, though. This guy is a professional level liar. Like yeah. he is a con man, if you will. He is. Yeah. He's conning these people, right. even if it isn't for money. Yeah, he's not a he's, con man in the sense that he's trying to get money out of it. But like, like that's some next level thinking. I would would never think to do that. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. It is next level crazy what he's doing, and it's a really funny scene because of how awkward it is. It's like, and because we've established like. Rachel Dratch likes the D like she goes straight like she's like no quit being quit trying to make this romantic like talk filthy to me (laughs) like she you know like she's upset that he's not talking dirty enough you know yeah so they're really getting into it with the talk and so I like again the way that this is filmed you have Patton Oswald pecking away at the phone trying to type this stuff but then you have the visualization so you actually have Franklin and Becca in the bathroom and they're like hooking up and getting it on, you know, making out and all that stuff. And so it, but it's awkward because you keep thinking you're like, that's him sexting with his dad. It's so cringy. And then you cut back to Erica. This is the Rachel Drash character is Erica, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Erica's in their office where they work and she's like at a party. She's at a business, an office party. But she's just sitting there texting him. And then you go back and it's like Patton Oswalt and her at the party in the middle of everyone hooking up and getting into it. And so it's really clever the way it's cut back and forth between the sexting scenarios and them. Um, And I can't remember if it's here or not, but do we see Patton Oswalt? We do. So what you're thinking of is when it's finally revealed to Franklin what's been going on, he has that kind of Kaiser Soje moment and starts flashing back back on everything. And so now he's envisioning it instead of him and Becca as him and his dad. And so they go for it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, to their credit, yeah, Patton Oswalt and the the actor-director, they, yeah, they get into it, and it is so cringy. 
of course they're just they're actors not related but in the movie and they right. do such a good job and are so believable in these characters as these characters it's like oh my god it's horrible and it's not only doing the flashback i think they do it in one of those scenes where they're talking on the phone too i remember before the flashback there's a scene where it cuts to Patton oswald yeah. they're actually kissing him i think so there's some toggling back and forth <laughs> at different points yeah and you're just like oh my god this is too much they make it to chuck's home where franklin sees he still has the old family car Chuck says he can have it in an attempted peace offering. That night, Chuck has Becca tell Franklin about her father, trying to get him to repair his strained relationship with his dad. Meanwhile, as he follows the real Becca online, Chuck sees she is in a relationship, adding another wrench to his plans. So not only was this an impossible plan and a horrible plan in the first place, but now she has a boyfriend. She's got a boyfriend, so yeah. Even if the stars align, like we're talking about a one in a million chance that he could pull this off. He just got screwed <laughs> in a whole yeah. different way now. So it's an uphill battle, and and there's just no way he's going to get out of this. It's, it's impossible. Not knowing what else to do, Chuck has Becca break up with Franklin, saying she is moving to California. This leads Franklin to walk into the pool at the apartment complex and attempt to drown himself. Chuck sees this out his window and races downstairs to save Franklin just in time. Realizing how delicate the situation is, he has Becca message Franklin, telling him she was basically just nervous he wouldn't like her. Thus, the charade continues. So this is the part I was worried about the whole time. Yeah. Because the movie opens with him in rehab. We already know this guy is fragile. And the dad is totally effing with him. Yeah. Like, he's he like you said, he has a fragile state of mind. He's going through all this stuff. And this relationship is the thing that's bringing him happiness, especially coming out of recovery or while he's in recovery. And then eventually the rug's going to get pulled out from under him. And here the rug's not even pulled out. It's just Chuck doesn't know how to get out of it. So he basically breaks it off because he's like, this is too far. Right. Right. It's over. Like she has a boyfriend. There's no end game here. It's over. And I was so worried the whole time because I go, something's going to happen. And how is this kid going to handle it? For sure. This was scary for the character. I thought the suicide attempt was the actual methodology was kind of dumb. Like that, yeah. like who drowns themselves by just sitting in the bottom of a pool? Like, is that even possible? I would just think the will to live would overcome. Because it's so it's so uncomfortable to sit there drowning by choice. I, I just don't know that the human a human being is capable of willing themselves to drown. I mean, I don't. Maybe I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, at this point, I think. We already know the character has attempted suicide before. We don't know how. It's almost like trying to choke yourself to death, right? Like, it's just like. But you can choose to not come up, I think. I guess. I'm not saying it would be easy, and I don't know. But I'm saying that, like, yeah, choke yourself. Eventually, you're like, you wouldn't have the energy to do it because, you know, you'd have to stop. You would pass out or whatever. But I think if you go to the bottom and eventually get to that point where you're like swallowing water, you're not holding your breath anymore, then I think you just. It goes into your lungs and you just would be heavy and you would sink. Yeah. But anyway, it's I, I, and the other part to me too, is it's like this guy was so close. He already tried to end it. I think the only hope and the, the glimmer of happiness in his life just ended. What yeah. he sees is his whole world. I also get from a screenwriting standpoint, they need a, a su- they need a methodology for suicide that uh, one would be out in the open where Patton Oswalt's character could see it. And then two, isn't instantaneous right like if you if you shoot yourself right like that's instant and there's no way to intervene on something like that so they also need something that was a little 
a little slow. So I thought this with the story it worked well because Pat Oswalt lives in an apartment complex. There's a pool in the middle of it. He's on the second floor, so it gives him that. There's that sense of urgency, but is he going to make it in time right. to get to him? Um, and so, yeah, so he has to run down. And it was, a, it was a really good moment where he's like, oh, crap, and has to you know run down the stairs frantically. And right. He, I mean, because he sees... Franklin slowly walking down the stairs into the you know into yeah. the pool, and so he has a little bit of time, but it's not so much as like just running off your back patio. He has to get down there. Yeah, a karaoke night. Jimmy tries to tell Franklin not to invest everything into this girl, and even drops hints that she could be not who she says she is. Just as we see Chuck and Franklin starting to get along, Erica finds Chuck's messages on his computer, showing not only that he is still pretending to be his son's girlfriend, but that he has taken it to the extreme of sexting with him. Disgusted and distraught, she calls Franklin's mom and tells her what is going on. Diane turns around and calls Chuck, causing him to have a panic attack in the middle of laser tag. She demands either Chuck tell him the truth or she will. It's too good to be true, right? So it's these these two have been have the, had this horrible relationship ever since Franklin was a really young kid. And finally, you have that moment where he saves him at the pool and they start connecting. They're going to karaoke night. Oh, and I should also say that I think Joe mentioned it already, but it's like after that whole ordeal went down and Chuck realizes how much he's messed up and how delicate the situation is, he has Becca come back and say, oh, I was just scared. Right. So that's why I broke up with you and I think you're the best person in the world and all that stuff. So it's like, crap, he's back in it. But that whole thing kind of gave them a bonding moment and now they go to karaoke and Jimmy's there and they're having a good time. They're actually enjoying each other's company. Yeah, for the first time in this movie and in the characters' lives for at least a very, very right. long time, maybe since that scene with the puppy, yeah. you get the idea that there haven't been a lot of happy moments between the two. So now they've finally gotten this back, but you're like, well, this can't last. And then you know, we immediately see that Rachel Dratch finding right. the sex. And earlier when she had pretended to be the girlfriend to play that you know, quote-unquote prank right. to try to uh, get Becca to have some kind of a voice it's call. It's like she knows it's total BS, but she's <laughs> but she's also like... She wants to date him, so she's like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he once he comes clean to Erica, he promises that it won't continue any further. Yeah. He, you know, he obviously messed up and he doesn't want, he wants to still be with her and doesn't want to jeopardize their relationship. And he promises it's over, it's over. Well, then he goes to the extreme of the sexting and obviously right. <laughs> getting worse and worse and worse. So she and, sees and this. tricks her into playing a role. Like she figures that out that, like, that, oh, that she's been feeding that him. She was thing. feeding him the dirty talk. Now so, she's kind of complicit so, in. And now it's like, and I'm sure they don't really go into this but from her vantage point. I'm sure she's sitting there wondering, like, is this a odd turn on for him? Like, is right. you know, did he rope pull me into some weird sexual activity? I mean, it is weird sexual activity, but like that was gratifying for him right you know. But also, she knows what's going on with the son. I'm sure she knows that yeah. he attempted to take his own life sure and so she knows like if if this kid if if he screws with this kid and the kid does end up killing himself she's stakes are higher than just with a regular kid yeah (laughs) and she's now been dragged into it without knowing but still she's now complicit in somewhere if she doesn't stop it if she doesn't get to the right people in time right she would be somewhat complicit right the next morning as he weighs his options he sees on the fake becca phone that franklin has already taken the car and left to meet her at the diner where she works he races to get there before things get any worse but is too late during an awkward confrontation between franklin and the real becca who has no idea what is going on chuck is forced to come clean 
leading to Franklin having a breakdown at the diner. This is it. He has to tell him because Diane basically says, if you don't tell him, I am, and it's over. Everyone knows what he's up to. Right. And the kid's about to find out. And so Chuck is, I mean, it's crappy either way, but it's like, well, he better be the one to let him down because he knows if someone else does, he'll probably never, ever talk to or see this kid again. Yeah. But then he goes the next morning and Franklin's already left. He took the car and he texted Becca, which of course Chuck has the Becca phone and he sees the message, hey, I'm coming to see you at work. Right. So crap. Now Pat Oswald, it's a race to get to Franklin yeah. before he can embarrass himself and have some sort of breakdown. Right. And this is where he does the thing where he's like, let's pretend like we've never met before because <laughs> he's just trying to buy time. Yeah, um, he's like he's texting, and I like it how they show him making mistakes. He's yeah. furiously trying to especially because they have her reenacting the yeah. test. So she's like, "I flirting that you should, yeah, you know, because yeah. it's like he's typing gibberish." Yeah, that's the beauty of the cleverness when yeah. we talk about the portrayals of how the actors are actually saying what the texts say that you can have her say even the spelling mistakes. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. And made for some funny moments. But yeah, he's racing there, texting with one hand, almost getting in accidents, trying to just say, like, hold on. And then, yeah, we're going to role play or whatever. Like, we've never met each other. And the awkwardness. And and uh, James Morosini is so good. I think he's so good throughout this whole movie. I do have to say, give him credit. Like, he wrote and directed this thing, which was a very enjoyable movie. But as an actor, too, he played a really good, awkward, yeah. shy type of kid that's going through some stuff. And I really liked his portrayal of this character. And when he gets to this diner and I'm feeling so bad for the character, he sees the, he sees the real Becca waiting on some people. And she kind of glances over like, I'll be with you in a second. And he's just got this smug smirk like, okay. Yeah. And then he just walks up to her in the middle of her taking their order. He's like, Hey, and, yeah. you know, and she's basically like, what the hell are you doing? Like he he's, <laughs> thinks he's being cute and, and it would be cute if, everything that he thought was real was real but like and she's just like okay weirdo i'll be right with (laughs) you this is like sweaty palms like just anxiety inducing for me watching this at this point because i feel so bad for the character he's so innocent in all this and and obviously being manipulated by the dad and it's gone so far but she's like you can go sit over there and he's like okay i'll see you over there you know (laughs) and he's sitting at the table looking at her and she keeps looking over and he's just staring her down and he thinks he's being like fun role play cutesy but it's creepy this is obviously to her it's like stalker level right and it's just horrible and so basically pat oswald bursts in there and says you know like we well, starts talking to the boyfriend who works in the kitchen oh he right? has to distract the boyfriend because he knows that his right. son's gonna be going to like mac on becca yeah <laughs> so he talks to him and did he say he wants to make a documentary or reality show about him or something, something about that yeah <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous it's hilarious and then he and then the boyfriend's like you can't be back here he's back in the kitchen talking to him about oh we should film the lives of of bus boys what do they call you what about a female bus bus boy bus person (laughs) really funny but but he sees that things are going to explode like we're at critical threat level here right and he's going the he knows that franklin's about to embarrass himself and do something terrible and i kept thinking like god is he gonna you know grab her try to kiss her put his hands on her you know like physically assault her which, right again he's innocent so i feel so horrible like he wouldn't know even if he did he would think because they're sexting and stuff like to him their their relationship is already at a level of intimacy that would allow for that like it's not even though it would be a first kiss, it wouldn't be a first kiss. Exactly. And so so I'm feeling so bad for him, and and obviously things are about to implode. And is this where Patton Oswalt just, like, 
bursts in and just says, I made it up. Yeah, I think he finally just blurts it out. And because I, but something's about to happen between Franklin and Becca. He's getting to that point where he's like, come on. Like, he's trying to, like. Well, I think she's getting really flustered, right? Because she's just like, yeah. what are you talking about? And then he's like, I'm Becca. And. And, and then, and, and and then Frank, it all clicks for him. Is the what's like, going. no, no, no. Yeah. And you see him, and then he flashes back, and you see all those moments where it's Patton Oswald in the same place that the actress who plays Becca, uh, Claudia Slowski, you see him replacing her in all those scenes. Right. And even the makeout scenes. Yeah. And this kid is just having a breakdown, which who can blame him? I mean, for sure. He's already gone through some stuff, and this is horrific just absolutely horrific a betrayal of trust on the deepest level even if you think your dad's a liar you're not thinking this is even possible this is a a bridge too far it is during the epilogue chuck narrates a message to franklin about how he messed up just like all the times in the past he admits that he has missed out on his whole life and wishes he could go back and change things this horrible thing happened and obviously you're thinking oh he's never gonna be able to regain his son's trust and then some time later, Chuck receives a letter from Diane telling him that there is a vacancy in the apartments across the street from where she and Franklin live in an apparent extending of the olive branch. Attempting to finally repair the relationship between him and his son, he takes her advice and moves across the street. On moving day, he calls Diane to let her know he is there and she freaks out, having no idea what he is talking about. Chuck looks into the upstairs window of her house where Franklin is standing and he gives him a mischievous grin. Roll credits. Yeah, I thought the ending was a little odd. Like, especially that last shot of of Franklin in the window. I'm like, is he happy or is he going to kill him? Like, he looked like Norman Bates. <laughs> I like. I really liked it. I thought this was clever. I mean, the whole time, obviously, Chuck has played this horrible trick on Franklin and got him to do some just really gross things. I mean, just like sexting with who is really your dad. Right. He made Chuck up and move and change by catfishing him by tr- by getting him yeah by catfishing him and so i thought it was such a fitting ending and to where i think franklin was like hey i got you you got me but hey i got you you changed your whole life you moved your job is changing you know i you're gonna have to upend your whole life to do this but now we got to try to make things work yeah I, he moved him across the street on purpose yeah i, I mean, think he wanted to i agree but like i just thought the the last shot of him in the window was like I I like it because it hangs for a long time. Yeah. So basically you see on moving day when, when Diane calls, like Joe was saying, he's like, yeah, I got your letter. I got the apartment like you recommended. What the hell are you talking about? And then he just looks and the camera stares. Patton Oswalt is clearly looking up towards the house, but the camera just sits and, and looks at Patton Oswalt and his face. He just, he does again, the really, really good acting from Oswalt. He's staring and trying to figure out, like, what is happening? And remember, this is the master of lies and deception. And so he's going through in his head, what is going on? What has happened? And then you see Franklin in the window, and Franklin's looking at him in kind of a disapproving look. And then you get that smirk. Yeah. I gotcha. And I think he got got, right? Right. he, you got to kind of respect. Don't hate the player, hate the game. He's pulled this on so many people and especially betraying his son's trust and putting him through this horrible event. And I think he sat there and was like, well, damn, you yeah. got me. But the point is he wouldn't have played a trick on him like that and moved him across the street unless he wanted to try. For so sure. the hope that there is going to maybe be a relationship like, yeah, the dad is screwed up. But I think Franklin saw it as a desperate attempt, even though he went about it the wrong way. Right. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't care and didn't want a relationship. Yeah. So I think after this whole horrible event and very comedic event, 
there is some silver lining there that these two can maybe repair this thing and do it right this time. Yeah, totally. Like you said, he wouldn't, if he's looking to just trick him, he wouldn't set up a situation where he was going to have to look at him every day. If he didn't want to see him. If he didn't want to see him. Exactly. So I thought this was hilarious and it was clever. It was, it was so funny. It was a really unique idea. It was cringeworthy, but in the way that it meant to be not in cringy in the production, but it was supposed to make you go ah, right. and, and, and make you squirm in your seat because you just can't believe this is actually happening. And the fact that it was based on a true story makes it even better. And I thought it was great. I immediately in my head was thinking of just the type of movie this is, like the kind of artsy uh, indie type movie reminded mm-hmm. me of Big Fan because Pat Oswalt. Sure. And then that movie World's Greatest Dad with Robin yeah. Williams. Directed was, by Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, where the son kills himself, right? Yeah, the son. Yeah, so the son is just a total. He's horrible. I mean, just an absolute asshole. And, and he kills himself. And the school. And the the dad is, I think, is the principal of a school, I or he's so. a teacher yeah. at the school. And so the and his son goes to that school, and the sc- everyone in the school immediately starts to romanticize this kid as if it's this great tragedy that he killed himself. But like this kid was like a grade A asshole, and like Robin Williams' character is just doesn't know how to process it because part of him's kind of glad. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. He doesn't have to deal with the kid anymore. And like that sounds awful. But when you see the movie in context, like this kid's just a complete prick. And and so and not in typical teenager ways. He's just nonstop he's hateful. a bad person yeah. yeah and and so and so then also robin williams character is dealing with the idea of like kind of being gaslit by everyone who's like acting like it's this great tragedy not that you ever want someone to kill themselves but it's a it's a very 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 dark comedy yeah. and so i think the dark comedy elements and especially because it's about a relationship that's damaged between a son and a father i immediately jumped to that movie yeah and so with those movies i can't i mean big fan definitely especially if you like Patton oswald i loved that movie and then world's greatest dad I, it is dark but it's a good movie it is a good movie absolutely so uh anyway i guess that's it for this one let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them this is joe follow me on twitter at joey butts 21 this is kevin follow me on twitter at kevin r bracket 
And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And, of course, don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. And so I guess we should probably say, in case you haven't been able to figure it out by now, that we have been catfishing you the entire time. Surprise. Surprise, because Joe is not here this week. So <laughs> I would love to know if after editing, if this comes together, because obviously, uh, and especially if you're looking at the behind the scenes, if I post this video on Patreon that we're planning to do, there's going to be a lot of work that goes into it. But we're hoping that through the magic of editing, it was pretty smooth yeah. and we would be able to kind of do the same thing. What better movie than this? For sure. So, but yes, all of uh, Joe did not say one word this week that all of that was manufactured through a uh, through a software program we found artificial pretty, intelligence that's pretty spiffy that can replicate voices and so monster squad is one of the worst movies ever made and i don't even watch wrestling <laughs> so clearly i mean i don't think any that's how good this software is <laughs> i don't think you could ever get joe to say that so Eh, for the right amount of money, I think you could. Pretty good. Yeah, it's actually it's pretty good. So the only thing that might throw you off is sometimes Joe sounded like he was reading, and we all know Joe can't read. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that was the big tip off. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully uh, that surprise was a surprise for you. If not, you've been sitting there the whole time going, like, why does it sound weird? <laughs> but uh, anyway, Thanks, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Angela doesn't have cancer. Get ready for a spoiler Won't say it's right